Hello everyone and welcome back to Allegheny FM. In this episode, I sit down with seven-time Salesforce MVP and creator of Salesforce Saturday, Stephanie Herrera. Stephanie is a powerhouse in the tech industry, working for companies like Dell and Apple. This eventually led her to start Salesforce Women in Tech Austin chapter, Salesforce Saturdays, and serve on multiple nonprofit boards. Don't forget to visit AlleghenyDigital.com for more content or subscribe to the YouTube channel. Welcome back, everyone, to the Allegheny Digital Podcast or Allegheny FM, depending on how you're listening. Joined today by Stephanie Herrera. If you're in the Salesforce space, you've probably heard of her. Uh, I'm going to, Stephanie, I'm going to let you kind of give a quick intro on who you are and kind of like a little bit of your background, but I'm very excited to talk to you today. Oh, I'm very excited to be here, Franklin. Um, I know we, we had tried to do this earlier and my schedule and life kind of took over um, and we had to push it out a bit, but um, I'm glad we're doing it now. I feel like I'm in a better place to do it now. So you're getting a more refreshed version of me, but yeah, thank you for having me. What, um, you live in Austin, you're a world traveler. How great is Texas? Just let me know. Cause I I've been in like two States outside of going overseas, but what I, I love Texas. So tell me how it's awesome. Is it not? It is. It is awesome. Um, you know, <laughs> full disclosure, I didn't leave. Um, I didn't really start traveling until 2017. Um, but when I lived actually, I lived in, in Louisville, Kentucky and Jefferson and New Albany, Indiana from like the third to sixth grade. So we did move away from Texas, but other than that, I've always lived in Texas. Um, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm a Texas girl through and through, like, it's always going to be my home base. Um, fun fact, when I was working at Apple, I tried to be a Salesforce administrator for Apple computers. Um, and they were like, you have to move to Cupertino in, in order to do our Salesforce admin work. I was like, it's not worth it. <laughs> I'll stay in Texas. I'm not moving to California just to be a Salesforce admin. And this was back in 2010, um, before I'd officially gotten back into it. I was like, no, I'm not leaving Texas. Texas, Texas is my home. I've got my family here. I grew up here. Um, but and since traveling and going everywhere, I mean, I, obviously there's, I love Cairo. I love London, Dublin, um, the Netherlands, Amsterdam. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've been very fortunate to get to see some pretty amazing places, places in the world, but still my heart is here in Texas. It'll always be here in Texas. Um, those places are fun to visit, but I mean, Texas, I mean, I've even had people tell us that, you know, everybody here is really friendly and really nice. And um, I know people find that shocking, but yeah, we are, we, we're, you know, it's not a cult and, you know, we're, we're not going to ask for your firstborn. We're just generally nice people. <laughs> and, and, and I think there's something about, you know, Texas. It's just, it is great. Well, especially Austin, Texas, uh, you know, I'm a little partial to, to Austin. <laughs> you mentioned <laughs> Apple and Salesforce administrator, which, yeah. you know, how did, how did that end up or um, I'll well, so you, like, give your background. Yeah, definitely. I'll give a little background on myself. Uh, so I've been in tech for 23 years now. Um, I'm definitely dating myself. I got my start at Dell Computers. That's when they were called Dell Computers, then good Dell Inc. now um, in Round Rock, Texas, back in 1998. I was very young, just a wee 15 years old. No, <laughs> I was a little older than that. But um, I'd worked retail prior to that. And, had, uh, you know, at the time, my husband at the time had pushed me to go work at Dell. And um, it, I didn't think I'd get the job. I just did it to shut him up. And I get, luckily got hired. And I've done, I did sales at Dell. I did order processing. I was an executive admin at Dell. Um, I got to see a lot at Dell. And after about nine years, everybody 
Austin, I don't know if it, a lot of people don't realize, or they may now, but especially at that time, we didn't realize we were becoming the second tech met hub, second tech um, in, in hub in the all of the country, you know, was out in California, San Francisco area, and we were the second tech hub. And so Apple was here, Google, Facebook. And so a lot of startups also started to grow in Austin. And so everybody was like, you need to go work for a small startup. That's where it's at. And so after nine years at Dell, I went and worked at small startups and that's where I discovered the Salesforce platform. I was supporting a sales team and um, the president of business development said, here's Salesforce, set it up. It's yours to own and figure out. And coming from a sales background, I fell in love with it. It was just like, wow, if I'd had this when I was in sales instead of my Excel spreadsheet. 2010, I went to go work for Apple. I got to work there while Steve Jobs was at the helm and really got to see what it is um, when somebody just doesn't care about the rules and it just wants to do what they want to do and break all the rules in every industry. I mean, he did it in music. He did it in the phone industry, advertising. I mean, he just didn't, he didn't just do computers. And then the design work from Johnny Ives, it was just, I'm a very visual person. So it was a great learning experience for me. I was there a year and a half, but after a year and a half of working at Apple, I missed the Salesforce platform. So I updated my resume and got three job offers started. I was a solo admin um, in 2012. And, and since then worked on eight different Salesforce instances, four of them I owned, which means the buck stopped with me. I worked with the C-suite. I wrote, drove the roadmap. I hired the teams and developed them um, and loved it. And, um, you know, as far as it, like you, the thing that I noticed as being a Salesforce admin and part of like what I've done, what I've done is, um, you know, working at places like Dell and Apple, I got to work on teams and um, learn the, the, the strength and power of having people around you who do what you do that you can level up each other through um, knowledge sharing. And, you know, when I was a solo admin, I lost that and I missed it. It was kind of a lonely role. You know, when you work for smaller businesses, you know, um, you, you have less than 500 users. A lot of times you're the only one that does the, the Salesforce admin role and you don't have a team to lean on. And that was, for me, it was really a lonely place. And so that's why um, I started the first ever Salesforce Women in Tech chapters in Austin, Texas on January 27th of 2014. I'd gone to the National One um, Girly Geeks um, back in December 20, or um, Dreamforce 2012 and, you know, saw the girly geeks and there was like 400 women in there that did what I did. And I was like, oh my God, here are the, here's, here are the people that I've been looking for and didn't know existed. And I just kind of, you know, floated on cloud nine the whole week. And next year I started um, Salesforce Saturdays. I needed to, I was at that point, I was a manager. So I wasn't as hands-on and I was missing having my hands in the, you know, and getting in there, being able to configure and solution and creating the solutions myself. So um, from a selfish perspective, I was like, I want to do that more and I need to study for my Dev 401 certification. So I let the Salesforce community know that I was going to do that. And if they wanted to meet me at Starbucks, we could study together. And um, that's how Salesforce Saturday was born. And it co-founded Pep Up Tech with Selena Suarez, which helps um, minorities and underrepresented communities learn Salesforce, get access to our networks and get jobs. Um, and in 2015, to back up a little bit, I started volunteering for Maravis which is just like Pep Up Tech, but it's for veterans and their spouses. You know, we teach them Salesforce, we give them access to our networks and we can help them get jobs. And in 2017, I became an official board member and I'm still very involved with Amerivis. Um, I was a founding member of Texas Dreaming um, and have just recently gone out on my own, Herrera Advisors. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's that's me in a nutshell. I don't. I, can't, I think I, I think that's all. Oh, oh, and, and um, I'm also a seven-time Salesforce MVP. I always forget that one, and that's not good. I, I love it. I mean, it's just you know, I've been very blessed 
to be um, an MVP and get to represent the community. Salesforce Saturday is global at this point, right? I mean, they're all over the world. Yep. Uh, how did you see it getting that big? And like, how does that make you feel? I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, I'm really it, curious because you're like, you have this, you know, Hey, I'm going to go to Starbucks this weekend. And if you wanted to study, it's and now, like I just said, it's like, this is a global thing. It's so cool. How does that make you feel? And like, how did that, it's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. That's the best word for it. It's crazy. Um, it's overwhelming. It's, I had no intention of it going global. My whole thing was Salesforce Saturday in particular, um, after women in tech, seeing what was going on happening with women in tech. Um, I, I, for the first time doing the work that I did, I was getting paid what I was worth. I had worked in, I worked at Dell, I worked in Apple and in order to make any kind of money, I would have had to have done sales. That was really hard to do when you have a family, I had young children. And so that wasn't always an option. So the first time I ever like really started, like where I was no longer living paycheck to paycheck was the Salesforce, um, platform. And so I was doing it like, I want to be able to retire with this. And I could see that there wasn't enough people that knew how to do Salesforce. And it's like, if, if in order for this to stick around, there has to be people that knows how to do this. So I'm going to start scaling them up and I'm going to make Austin the strongest Salesforce community in the world. That was my end goal to make Austin the most, the strongest Salesforce community in the world so that all the talent would be there and they would come to us and I would have a job until I die. Like I, I would have, I would be comfortable. I wouldn't have to worry about paint, making ends meet. That was the goal. I had no intention of it going global. And I didn't even think anybody would show up, honestly, to Starbucks. I was like, I thought I'd be there by myself. And Nyla Shani was, she showed up, she came running up. She'd seen me speak at Dreamforce. She just happened to be walking by. I was talking about the girly geeks. And she's like, hey, I'm from Austin. She's from Austin. And we connected. And she was the person who came to my very first Salesforce Saturday. She showed up 15 minutes late. And I was studying for my Dev 401 certification. I can still visually see her running up. She's like, I'm so sorry I'm late. I was like, I'm just happy you're here. And I'm not by myself. <laughs> and so we sat there. And I studied for my Dev 401 certification. She studied for her admin um, cert. And then the next month, I had like three or four people show up. That's when Sue Moss and uh, Patricia Boyce showed up and Melissa um, shook. And then after that, we had more and more showing up and it eventually became where we were meeting every single Saturday, the diversity and the people that were there. And especially, you know, growing up in tech, there's this image that the world sells you about, about what tech looks like. And I, you know, as being a Hispanic woman, I am very familiar and know what that world is like. So it was very interesting to me to see a diversity in color, um, a diversity in age, a diversity in socioeconomic background, a diversity in gender and um, um, sexual orientation. We ever all in, in, in politics. And what was great is like all of that was left at the door. It didn't matter. Everybody that showed up, we were just there to help each other. We were just there to level each other up. Actually, it reminds me of this book, it's called The Second Mountain by David Brooks. And basically the idea is the first mountain everyone has is their kind of their career and what they wanted to be doing or whatever. And then you go down into the valley and there's like some event that happens and then you start to climb your second mountain. And it sounds like Salesforce Saturday is that second mountain. The second mountain being, you know, the first mountain was all about it's you personally, you're trying to grow your career. You're trying to do things for yourself. But the second right. mountain where you really find uh, they refer the difference between happiness and joy, right? Um, joy is kind of like overwhelming. You have like, it's not happiness. Happiness is fleeting, but the second mountain, you really get that joy out of life because you're giving back to your community or, um, 
you know, whatever it may be, but it's like external. It's, you're not trying to get something for you. It's really awesome to hear you tell this story of Salesforce Saturday. And I think me personally, I was introduced to Salesforce Saturday. I, we have a mutual friend in Nolan Nelson who, uh, mm-hmm. changed, he changed my life. Cause I had reached out to him when I was kind of going through some stuff and I was like, Hey, I'm, I need a, I don't know what I'm doing with my career. I was at post-military, obviously. And he was like, let me tell you about the Salesforce thing. Uh, and he's like, meet me Saturday at this Starbucks, which was, um, I was living in Austin at the time. And, you know, you were there and to your point of the diversity that's at these um, Salesforce Saturday, it's, it's so refreshing to see because going in, post-military, no tech background, you're like, I'm going to walk in here and there's someone who's going to call me out and yeah. I'm going to be embarrassed. I'm going to have to leave. But it's really like, come on. Like I had Nick Charles on an uh, earlier episode and he like nailed it. He was like, come on in. Like, what are you trying to learn? Like, oh, I'm trying to learn that too. It's just, it's awesome. And I will say what I, and another thing I love about Salesforce Saturday and these kind of in-person meetups, um, people talk about reaching out on like, Salesforce uh, community forums or even Reddit, you know, these in the tech industry, they're like, you know, the answer's out there. You just have to ask, but it's not, I don't know these people. Like I don't, there's no like context to my question. Whereas like you go in there with Salesforce Saturday, you're like, I've been working on this for like a couple of weeks. And like, I have a deadline next week, you know, like someone's like, Oh, well, let's, let's figure this out before we leave today. You know what I mean? It is so cool. So first off, thank you for like, coming out of your shell and being like, I'm going to do this and like taking it to where it was. And it was like, do you have, how much trust did you have to have in these other people? Cause like Salesforce Saturday is like your little child, right? Like you have to somebody in India or Dublin that you had mentioned, like you have to trust them to honor your wishes. Like how, what was that like? Well, that, that that's very true. And going through the women in tech process, I'd led women in tech for five years. Now at that point, um, it had only been a year, but I, I went through some stuff launching that, that some of it wasn't all pleasant, um, and didn't go as smoothly as I would have liked. And I learned from that, but in the process, um, I had champions and people who supported me and, you know, um, and guided me. And from that, I learned from that. And I, I learned, I learned how to, um, move forward with Salesforce Saturday, um, it, it, much wiser is basically what it, to that point. And through the process, what I have found is that anyone who's coming and wanting to start a Salesforce Saturday, when I let them know what's involved, I mean, you get you like you've got it's there's a lot of work behind it um, to, you know, the logistics, setting it up, the communication and then making sure everybody's receiving. You're 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 showing up on a Saturday, most people's free day um, for a few hours to be there to guide people and just to be a resource. The kind of individual that steps up to do that generally has no agenda and is doing it from a good place. So they're easy to trust. Those who actually, after they after they know everything that's involved and they still say, hey, I, I want to do this. I want to provide this space. Um, typically, they're good people. I mean, it takes a, a special kind of person to give up their Saturday mornings. And I call them my leaders of leaders. Um, you know, Barack Obama had spoken to Mark Benioff at Dreamforce and he talked about, he's always looking for leaders of leaders. And that made me think of Salesforce Saturday that, that they, these are people, no one's called out. There are no Salesforce Saturday leaders, but you see people just naturally kind of rise to those roles because they're helping somebody learn. 
And by helping somebody learn, you're sharpening and developing your, your leadership skills because you're giving of yourself with nothing, asking nothing in return. You're helping somebody else be more successful. Um, so we haven't had, you know, there, I've not had any reason to not trust any of these individuals. They've been amazing. And like I said, they've all become family to me. They're the family I get to, I get to choose. And um, they're beautiful, beautiful. That's the hardest thing about lockdown is I didn't get to see them as much. Um, and now we're coming out of that and I'm starting to get to see them again. I want to talk about Maribus for a quick minute about going back to, you know, my mentor, Nolan introducing me to Salesforce Saturday, but that led into uh, a Maribus cohort, which again, Maribus is a 501c3 nonprofit geared mm-hmm. towards veterans, current service members, transitioning uh, military spouses, which is another big one that a lot of people um forget to mention or kind of bring into the fold, which is the military spouses. I remember speaking to a military spouse in uh, a networking event and, you know, they were just the opportunities that they're, that they don't get meaning like uh, applying for a job and not getting hired because the hiring person saying, well, your life is like too in flux and we can't get, and I was like, never like cross my mind. So like, I'm always trying to like, never forget military spouses. Uh, you know, it's crazy, but anyway, I went off on a little tangent there, but (laughs) Maravis going into that again, changed my life, got me into the career field I'm in now with Salesforce. Um, how, how did you get involved with that? And kind of what, uh, you said, you mentioned you're a board member. Is there, um, anything you want to share about Maravis and what's going on? So Maravis, um, believe it or not, so I'm a board member. I'm not a founder. Um, People will think I'm a founder. I'm not. It's Kate and Hector Perez and Joe Castro are the original founders of Maravis. And the way I got involved with it is through Hector Perez. He'd known of me through Salesforce Saturday. He'd seen what I was doing and the women in tech chapters. And he was starting this and he asked me to speak to the very first cohort. He was like, you know, your story, not having, you know, only a semester of college and you're doing, you've done so well in tech. Like, I think your story would really resonate with our veterans because they're transitioning and many of them have gone into the military straight out of high school and then they get out and they think that they have nothing to offer. He goes, I think your story would help inspire them that, that if you can do it, they can, which is like, Yes, if I can do it, they definitely can. And I was like, they're, but I honestly don't think they want to hear from me. And I'd never spoken to a group like that before. And so I did, I spoke, in, I spoke to the first cohort and um, they were so receptive and they were so wonderful. They just made me feel so loved and seen and valuable, like, and, and that, that it did help them, and it, which was amazing. And so I was hooked after that. I was like, oh, if, I can give, if I can give veterans and their spouses some help, I will, especially since, you know, every time, you know, recruiters would call for my son to join the military, I was like, lose this number. He's not joining it. So this is my way of giving back to the military since I would not allow my only son <laughs> to go into the military. I think there's a summit coming up, is there not? Yes, next week. Or yes, what's this week? I'm so turned around. Yes, <laughs> June 28th and 29th, we're having a virtual Maribus Summit. Um, I'm doing a panel, um, Ask it's an MVP panel. Um, I've got confirmed Becca Miller, Adam, I can't say his last name, Olshansky, who works at Google. Y'all know who he is. Um, um, Adam, Becca, and Nadina Lisbon. 
I've got confirmed to be joining me um, on the panel. So it's going to be ask the MVP panel, anything. If you've got questions you want to ask of any of them, send them to me and I'll ask them. I'll be moderating it. So I'm really excited. And we've our closing keynote is the same one we had as Joanna Bloor, who everybody loved last year. Um, she will be doing um, a closing keynote for us again. And so you don't want to miss it. And we've got a lot of great panelists. Um, on Inez, Inez Garcia is going to be doing one on Agile. She's a really good friend of mine. She's an amazing presenter. Those are just some some that we'll have at our virtual summit. So yes, I'm really excited about it. You know, you talked a lot about minorities. We talked about veterans, people coming into tech that aren't really, they don't see themselves in these jobs. Uh, what, what would you say to somebody that is in that position right now? Maybe they're listening to the show and they're like, uh, you know, let me dip my foot in the water. What, what advice would you have for that person? Um, that, the advice that I would have for somebody that's just coming in is just to come in and be yourself come in, be yourself. Um, there's this great quote from Arlen Hamilton um, that I love. And if you don't know who Arlen Hamilton is, look her up. She's amazing. But it says, be yourself so that the people looking for you can find you. You talk about like how Nolan was a mentor of yours and how you connected. Like he, There's something about the two of you that connected that you felt like it was a safe space to say, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. Can you help? So when you, when you find those people, who, who, what I like to call your tribe, you, you've got to have a tribe. I mean, yes, we can all go do this on our own, but I have learned in my 23 years in tech that, yeah, I could do, I'm very independent. I'm self-sufficient and I can do things on my own, but it took a long time to do it. And once I started leveraging the people in my circle, I got there a lot faster and I made less mistakes because I learned from their mistakes. You know, you, whether it's coworkers, especially coworkers, your peers, like the people who are doing what you're doing, you need to have a strong group of people like that because they're in the weeds just like you and they, they can tell you what to avoid or how to interview and what, what kind of jobs to look for. You also want to have your mentors and your champions who've been down that path and who are going to open doors for you that you didn't even know existed. Like any door that I knew about, I was running through. But what I found is there's a lot of doors I didn't even know existed that I needed to be running through. And so my champions and mentors opened those doors for me, like Christina Jones, Mary Scott and Neil Garrett, David Franklin, just to name a few. They opened doors I didn't know about. So you've got to have your coworkers, your peers, your networks, um, your champions and mentors, friends and family members who are going to see in you what you don't see in yourself. But you've got to be passionate about what you want to do. Don't try to be somebody else. Don't try to go down somebody else's path. Figure out what you enjoy doing and go for it. Be passionate, be kind in the process. And then level while you're leveling yourself up, level other people up. And what you'll find is you're going to get a lot of goodness back in return when you do that. Definitely. Thanks again. I think one, you know, one of the goals, so a couple of the goals of this show is to demystify the tech space and kind of what you can actually do, you know, have a career and also give people an opportunity to hear these stories and see themselves and uh, give them an opportunity to kind of uh, pursue their actual dreams or a, a better life than maybe they're living now. So, and you have done that. So thanks again. And I hope to see you soon. Uh, me too. I can't wait to see you again. <laughs> thanks, Franklin.